feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, some breaking news, which clearly shows the politicization of the FBI. And it comes at a time where, boy, the FBI has really been under fire for so many different things. And we know now that in the last few hours, there are as many as 20 whistleblowers, mostly from the FBI, that are coming to members of Congress And saying that the FBI has been polluted by politics on a whole bunch of different levels, including on the Hunter Biden laptop investigation, where they claim, according to Senator Grassley and Senator Johnson and also Congressman Jim Jordan, that they were elevating any possible investigation or any pretense to create an investigation on President Trump. And yet they were intentionally diminishing any possibility of an investigation about Hunter Biden and his very, very controversial laptop. We know that the laptop was his. And we know that almost immediately, according to this testimony, and this is explosive, that they basically said it is, quote, Russian disinformation. Let's not get to that. And so tonight, President Trump is asking for a do-over In the election, saying that clearly the election was rigged and that the 2020 election had everyone known the facts about the Hunter Biden investigation. Well, then they may have voted differently. And we're going to get to that in a moment, but also some other big breaking news coming down. This is a big news day. Another detail, a top FBI agent, one of the lead ones, the FBI assistant special agent in charge. And that is a key political uh, post a key post but has become political, is now being walked out of the FBI. This came just a few hours ago. Timothy Tebow, uh, not the uh, football player, but this is the FBI assistant special agent of charge in the Washington, D.C. field office, was allegedly forced out because he was accused of political bias in his handling of the probes of President Biden's son. This is a blockbuster because, indeed, according to multiple reports, he was walked out and also two others were walked out as well. And think about what this means, that now three senior FBI individuals in the D.C. field office have been forced out, according to reports, Because of political bias tied to Hunter Biden and diminishing the investigation of Hunter Biden. And to me, this is unbelievable. This is a a, just an incredible moment that the FBI, by this acknowledgement, according to reports, is essentially saying, yeah, we had some bad political animals in the FBI that claim to be apolitical. They claim that the law is blind. That clearly doesn't seem to be the case because if indeed they forced out this special agent in charge's assistant, that means that they clearly smelled politics 
in his blood and also in the others as well, because that's a dynamic and really dramatic action to get rid of the FBI assistant special agent in charge. And again, some big breaking news that apparently they have asked him to leave. He was escorted out of the building a few hours ago, along with two other senior FBI agents. And that spells big time trouble for the FBI. And that's clearly an acknowledgement that they believe that politics played an enormous role. And this is explosive because they've always claimed that they were not looking at politics. They were just looking at the facts. They were always claiming, oh, well, President Trump, I don't know what he's talking about. Well, now this has definitely given President Trump a lot of ammunition to say this was clearly pushed by politics. And what a surprise, because this is also the guy who was overseeing part of the Mar-a-Lago raid. And guess what? This is also the guy who was tied to the Russia hoax. Wow, wow, wow. Are you connecting the dots? Because I sure am. That's like the pieces of the puzzle are coming in. And this does not look good for the FBI. So why is Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, still there? Why is he still there? Why do we not have a statement about your assistant special agent in charge? The special agent of charge is the guy who's overseeing basically that division. So like there's one, there's a sack in New York, they're called, there's a sack in DC, there's a sack in Las Vegas. Those are the head guys of those particular bureaus. So this is a major, major player and someone who is given the the right hand basically to do these very pivotal historic investigations. And he clearly fumbled and clearly messed up. And he, according to these reports, has been walked out of the building of the FBI. Think about what a powerful message that sends to the other agents. And I hope it is a wake-up call because you can't have the FBI playing politics. That is shameful. And this should be a big neon message that the FBI needs to play fair with everyone, regardless of what their last name is, whether it's Biden or whether it is Trump. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. This is a bombshell, and this, to me, is stunning. And how interesting that President Trump in the last few hours is saying, hey, it's time for a do-over. I don't think he's ever going to get a do-over, but it's interesting that he's asking for it, and it is proving an interesting point, saying, you know what? Maybe that election wasn't right after all. And also, by the way, a whole bunch of new polls that have just come out essentially give some background to President Trump in the sense that they say one in six people who were polled said they may have voted differently had they known about the Hunter Biden laptop and all the investigations that now hopefully will start to take place. That's a huge difference. If you think about it, one and six, and there were polls that were taking place soon after the election when finally some of the stuff was coming out and not being blocked anymore on social media. And guess what? In those cases, it was like seven, eight, nine percent of people were saying they might have voted differently. And that included some Democrats. Think about that. This election was tight in a number of states. And if you had six, seven, eight percent of people or as much as 10, according to this latest poll, that could have had a different impact on the election. You don't get a do over. That is not going to happen, President Trump. 
but it certainly sends a very powerful message. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eric on line two. Eric, your thoughts. Hey, Reed, how are you? I'm sorry. I'm so pissed. Well, what I'm upset about is all these people coming down on President Trump for saying, oh, we need to do over. We need to do over. If he even said that, or if he, if he was saying it seriously, if he, if he was saying it as a joke, they would be uh, giving him crap to, oh, he's a big baby. Well, this is America. I mean, we're supposed to keep tolerating this. And he can say all he wants because the narrative eventually is going to change to we have a rogue government. We have an illegitimate government in the White House. We have an illegitimate administration. I mean, and it's true. You're going to not say that. You know what I mean? Well, you know what's interesting? The fact that this uh, assistant special agent in charge, Eric, um, was allegedly forced out after he was accused of political bias in the handling of the Hunter Biden probe. I mean, that is stunning. And again, you know, this comes also, I'm thinking of the latest interview that just happened recently with uh, Joe Rogan and also Zuckerberg, where Zuckerberg admitted, yeah, the FBI came to him or came to people at, at Facebook and said, oh, there's a whole bunch of Russian disinformation. You should just basically, you know, diminish things and suppress them. And that's why he said they suppressed the Hunter Biden. So I actually think we need to call Zuckerberg. We need to find out, did you talk to the FBI agents and who were the FBI agents? Maybe. What a surprise. Isn't it interesting? What if it was this guy, Timothy Tebow? Who called and maybe was on his own calling, you know, but you suddenly get a call from the assistant special agent in charge or a senior FBI guy. Guess what? You kind of listen to that call. So there's a lot of dots and this is happening kind of fast and furious. Somebody doesn't just kind of get moved out of the office and two others also. Um, So it makes me think that maybe something came up after that Zuckerberg admission and they were like, we didn't call anybody. And it turns out maybe privately individuals called with their own agenda as opposed to officially FBI and maybe under the guise of being officially FBI. And and, you know, it's not going to happen, Eric, where Trump is going to get a new election as a result. But it is stunning. I mean, this to me. This is un-American to suddenly suppress a story of this magnitude and to try to play politics to influence. And if indeed this guy has been forced out and two others, this is bad news for the FBI. This, to me, uh, could show a clear admission of politicization. And and if that's the case, what was what was Christopher Wray doing this entire time? I mean, he should be fired if that's the case. It's outrageous. What is he doing? He oversees the FBI. These are not new claims. There's just more credibility coming up to them. But it's like he didn't even want to pay attention before, Eric. What What do you think should happen top down? Well, well, I'm 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 thankful for these whistleblowers. I think I I don't know if they thought they'd keep it to the upper echelon, uh, like the 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 Mueller time thing, and to keep it to a few people who wouldn't, you know. So I'm thankful for them. And notice Zuckerberg didn't say. Oh well, well, what specifically is the Russian uh, propaganda dump? No, they told him don't talk about this this laptop because it's real, or whatever. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, he was really disgusting. vague. Did you people see like people executed for this? Yeah. People executed for this stuff, you know. But they have to. The, he, he's not going to get a do over, but he has a right to. You know, I don't know. We, I don't know if you've ever had a, a, a presidential election stolen from you. You know, and Trump won. He he was reelected despite um, the laptop story being buried. Well, well, that's why if you look at if you look at the numbers, Eric, he can make certainly a powerful case with this Hunter Biden laptop to say that's going to be narrative. We have an illegitimate government. But 
that the problem is you can't change that now. And even though people say that they didn't cast their vote, you know, I'm just I'm just being. And by the way, (laughs) if for for some reason you move aside, you know, uh, Biden and you move aside Harris, what guess who comes next? Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> y'all want that one? I take it all back. I take it back. I knew you take it back. I knew it, Eric. <laughs> Eric, thank you. You're great. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's go to Alex in Brooklyn. Alex, your thoughts. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Um, first of all, bravo to the FBI agents that resigned because of the corruption that's going on in that organization. But the second thing I want to say although, is that, Although, Alex, the, this new report, we're getting conflicting reports, but most of the reports are claiming that they were forced out. These guys that I'm talking about, at least the new news, is that this guy, Timothy Tebow, um, the FBI assistant special agent in charge, he and it looks like at least two, quote, headquarter-looking types apparently were escorted out of the D.C. field office, which – doesn't Whoa. look like so it, it doesn't look like they were it maybe 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 their uh departure says resignation but their exit sure doesn't wow that sounds interesting and we probably we still don't know what that's all about but yeah but but you I know what's interesting this your... is the guy who uh was accused of downplaying uh the hunter biden uh this is definitely the guy who was overseeing all the Russia hoax and all that other stuff according to different reports. So you got all that stuff and then you got, you know, Zuckerberg claiming that the FBI called him uh and it looks like, you know, whatever a few days later suddenly the head guy in DC so maybe this, they uh, you know maybe they want to make it look like maybe they want to make it look like they're cleaning up the organization that's so corrupted. But I I agree we have to take care of the leadership over there. We have to get them out of there. But I'm disturbed about the fact that, you know, we Republicans, especially Trump supporters, were very pro with the cops and backing the blue in this country, backing the military. I think it's wrong to go and attack the entire FBI organization and to just say that the people at the bottom, the people that are going out and uh, on the streets and going after criminals are corrupted as the people on the top are, and then we have to, you know, completely shut down the FBI. I think it's the wrong thing to do. It's not the way we operate, and it, it could incite mm-hmm. violence against the FBI, just like we have seen attacks against cops since 2020 increasing. I think it's wrong. And the other thing mm-hmm. is also, I think Lindsey Graham, he, he today said that if they prosecute President Trump, there's going to be riots in this country. You know, that might be the case, but I don't think it should be lighting the fire. This early. I think that's very wrong. Could be the Democrats are going to prosecute President Trump just because they wouldn't want a civil war. But for him, he's inciting. He's, in, he's doing what the Democrats did with Roe v. Wade when they were saying that there's going to be riots across this country if Roe v. Wade is overturned. Well, and two so things. I think two, take it back. Absolutely. And Alex, by the way, um, I agree with you, actually, on all counts, um, because – First off, I've known Lindsey Graham a long time. Uh, I'm a South Carolina gal, so, you know, I know him. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was surprised that he used that language because I don't think he means, oh, you know, there's going to be riots in the sense of the no, summer I, I of love riots. From, but you don't say it. From, but you don't say I, it. I, I agree with I you, Alex. That, I think that it's coming from the fact that he's trying to show that he's really on the side of Trump. And because he's so afraid of not being so tied with Trump, being that he was looked at in the past as a rhino already for things that he's, he's, you know, 
things that he's voted for, for on that went along with the Biden administration, et cetera, et cetera. And I actually think that that's a problem. I'm a big Trump supporter, but I just don't want this censorship and this whole idea where you can't go against President Trump just like you can't go against Joe Biden. Uh, actually, not Joe Biden, but, you know, different people in the Democratic Party because then you're going to be yelled at and you're going to be condemned. They're going to be, I don't want the people should be called a rhino just because they don't agree with President Trump on every single thing. No, and I listen, I get, listen, I hear you. I hear you on a whole bunch of those things. Um, and I don't like the name calling and all that stuff. On the other hand, I also don't like uh, Biden in the last, what was it, like 24, 48 hours where he's basically anybody who's close to the MAGA movement or believes in Trump this guy was supposed to be, uh, quote, the great unifier in chief, and he's going around calling people that have the Trump philosophy semi-fascist and that they are promoting violence. Uh, so that's not right either. That was incredibly divisive on his part. And there are other Democrats who are saying the same thing. That is shameful. Um, to your point, first off, I didn't like when I saw that Lindsey Graham made those comments because I think you're right. I think even if he doesn't mean riots, riots, it's not a good thing in this climate where the country is so divided and so tense. The other thing, too, is I still believe that the FBI as a whole is a great agency. There are so many great FBI agents. I have friends who are FBI agents, so I don't believe the whole department is tainted. But there clearly are some bad eggs, and there clearly are ones that are political. There's no question about it, and those that are need to be removed. And, by the way, if leadership can't do it by now, they should get out, too. They need other people who at least have the guts to do it that don't have to be forced to do it uh, after the, it's been in the headlines for, what, like two years? I mean, that's outrageous. They turned a blind eye to it, and they're doing it now because there is so much overwhelming evidence. It shouldn't take 20 whistleblowers to suddenly figure out, oh, gosh, maybe I should do something now. It should have been years ago, uh, but it shouldn't smear all the great, great agents that are there. Because I agree with you. There are a lot of really good ones. Alex, that was a great call. Thank you. We're going to continue, everybody. After the break, President Trump says he wants a do-over, and now some people in the FBI are coming forward up to 20 whistleblowers, and the guy who was basically in charge of the investigation sounds like he's out of there. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. are talking about the double standards at the FBI, at least a number of bad apples and big news that one of the top FBI agents seems to no longer be there, as well as two others. Could it be that they were playing politics and got busted? Well, former prosecutor Andy McCarthy had this to say about the double standards between Trump and remember Hillary Clinton and her server? You know, I don't think we can avoid mentioning that when that all went on with Hillary Clinton, President Obama, who was then the sitting president, had already endorsed her to be his successor, to be the Democratic uh, Party candidate for president. So the idea that she didn't get favorable treatment from the Obama-Biden Justice Department after the president had basically, you know, anointed her to be his successor, I think is just, you know, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous to suggest otherwise. Wow. What do you think, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Garrett, uh, line eight in New Jersey. Go ahead, Garrett, your thoughts. Hey, how are you guys doing? I just want to say I love the show. Um, But uh, 
you know, the double standards with the FBI, you know, I'm, I'm a libertarian myself, so I tend to not, I tend to lean away from a lot of heavy government and politicizing of any type of organizations. Honestly, I really feel that the FBI is just, you know, I look at it this way, regardless of what, um, what party is in power, Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, or whatever you want to call them, um, there's going to be political um, string pulling. But there, but there no, should, but but there shouldn't be Garrett. There should not be any political. Their job is to look as Lady Justice, if you will, fairly at both sides and be the ones who step away from politics. And that's the problem. We can't have it. America deserves better. Rita Cosby is on. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Vero Beach, Florida, where two police officers negotiated with a man to stop him from jumping from the Alma Leloy Bridge. Vero Beach police officers Jason Jones and Greg Maticatus talked with the man for about 25 minutes. The man had climbed down a ladder from the top of the bridge to a platform underneath, and he threatened to jump into the water. The man called 911 about 1030 in the morning, and police said they lost communication with the caller but were able to ping the man's phone and track his location on the eastbound side of the bridge. Four officers, including the two I mentioned, responded to the call. And Jones, in particular, is trained in crisis intervention and hostage negotiation. Rivers and Jones and another officer and a couple others were able to get there. And the two I mentioned convinced the man to climb back up the ladder to safety. The man was then taken to the Center for Emotional and Behavioral Health for Psychiatric Health Evaluation but thank goodness is alive thanks to the great work of all these officers involved in what is a very, very dangerous and emotional issue. Well, by the way, coming up in just a few minutes here on the show, you definitely don't want to miss that. Um, I know so many of you like me uh, listen to Bernie and Sid in the morning on 77 WABC, our great flagship station here of the Rita Cosby Show. And in just a few minutes, we have the great Sid Rosenberg, who is part of that incredible dynamic duo. It is the number one news talk show in the mornings in New York City. And it is must-listen-to radio every morning, 6 to 10 a.m. on 77 WABC Radio. And Sid and I go way back. We used to share an office together. We uh, were former office mates. So I have some good dirt on Sid Rosenberg, which I'll share another time. 
But Sid has a brand new book out, and it's called Citizens United. He talks about Trump. He talks about Eric Adams. He talks about Biden. talks about LeBron James. And he talks about his amazing life story. You do not want to miss this. Uh, Sid is an incredible guy and an incredible broadcaster. And he's going to be sharing with us, giving us a great sneak peek of his book, That is coming up in about six, seven minutes here on the Rita Cosby Show. He's going to join me and share us a glimpse of Citizens United. It is going to be awesome. His book goes on sale next week. You can get it now. And you definitely don't want to miss this great interview. I can't wait for Sid to join us in just about seven, eight minutes here on the Rita Cosby Show. So do not miss that. Well, one of the things that Sid talks about is, of course, the politics against President Trump and the double standards out there. And this is something that Andy McCarthy, former prosecutor, says he sees all the time lately the different standards of justice against President Trump versus Hillary Clinton. Take a listen. At a minimum, Hillary Clinton, who committed very serious, uh, reckless violations of, uh, of her national security responsibilities, never had her home invaded. And basically, the Justice Department said pretty pleased to her lawyers in terms of, you know, what they were allowed to look for. They made agreements with the Clinton camp lawyers about uh, what access they would have to computers that had classified information on them and made agreements about what the FBI could look at and what would be destroyed. Obviously, they were very coercive with Trump uh, compared to how indulgent they were with Clinton. But I guess, the, you know, the bottom line here is, will he be charged or not? And we don't know that yet. Yeah, we don't know that yet. But boy, the big bombshell again tonight that one of the top FBI agents has been forced out was walked out uh, along with two others. And this comes as whistleblowers are basically insinuating that this particular individual and others at a high level were playing politics, especially suppressing the Hunter Biden investigation. By the way, you know, I always love reading your tweets. Uh, Sal tweeted out, and I love this. Uh, it's, it's at Rita Cosby, everybody. Sal says, the removal of those FBI agents suggests to me that the FBI wants to clean house in the event of impossible fear of a Republican victory in November to avoid dealing with angry Republicans in a Senate hearing. Very interesting, Sal. You always have great points. Let's bring in, let's go to Wendy, line five. Wendy, your thoughts about all this? Yeah, hey there, Rita. Good evening. Um, first, I want to say that enough um, accolades haven't been given to the people who came forward in the FBI to right the wrong. Great and point. That, Talk about the guts of those. Now it's a, apparently at least 20. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, there's strength in numbers. So I hope that more people come forward as well. I think that in light of what's happening, that Trump should be, this case should just be thrown out. And one last thing, I just want everyone to think about the death and destruction that was caused by the behavior of some of these leaders in the FBI by causing Biden to possibly become president and how different this world could have been if the truth came out, which is already there. You know, it's not like the FBI had information that nobody else had. That information was already out there. And they not only prevented the information from coming out, but they lied about it. Yeah, and discredited it and diminished it. And it just shows the cahoots uh, between, you know, you know between them and, and social media. Isn't that stunning, Wendy? Because it fits with the whole thing that Zuckerberg was saying. Yeah, we call it chutzpah. Could you imagine? And I bet I was just thinking that the guy, the FBI guy that probably spoke to Zuckerberg and, you know, told him, you know, not to 
put out that information. He probably forgot to tell Zuckerberg, and oh, by the way, don't tell anybody about this. Yeah, or or never thought it would come out, you know. I mean, for and by the way, you call it what did you, you call it? Hutzpah. I call it cojones. <laughs> yeah, basically, this would make a really good movie. I'm waiting for this this whole movie to come out, and it would be like a, you know, like a like a three season series with all of this stuff. It would be, and you know what's so wild, also, Wendy, is that you know when you hear it, you know, first you go, oh gosh, could that be? But now when you have 20 agents, and we have also Mark Zuckerberg there on camera saying the FBI said, be a careful of Russian disinformation. So we interpreted that to basically suppress Hunter Biden. And that comes on the heels, as we know, where Twitter just totally blocked it out. And these were the days leading up to a presidential election. That is stunning. We're going to continue talking about this, everybody. And also coming up after the break, Sid Rosenberg with his new book, Citizens United. It is awesome. And Sid's going to be on deck right after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And welcome back to the Rita Cosby Show. Our next guest is one of the greatest and funniest and stylish guys I know. And true fact, we even shared an office together back in the day. He is the host of the number one morning talk show in New York City, Bernie and Sid, in the morning, 6 to 10 a.m., every weekday on the great 77 WABC radio. And his new book is appropriately called Citizens United. It's an awesome book, and it comes out September 6th, but you can pre-order it right now on Amazon and wherever else you get your great books. And welcome back to the Rita Cosby Show, my buddy, Sid Rosenberg. Sid, congrats on this awesome book, too. I'm so proud of you. Well, thank you. This is an honor. You know I love you. You've done this for a really long time, and uh, you've had great success in everything you do, TV, radio, books, you name it. So thank you for having me on this uh, beautiful show. Of yours. Thank you. Well, I am thrilled for you. Uh, first off, how was I as an office mate? I was a pretty good office mate, right? You were a very good office mate. In fact, you were great, but this uh, kid named Mike Gunzelman, he used to come in and sleep on the couch. He really messed up our office, but you, you were very clean, <laughs> in and out, never an issue. Never an issue. You were great. That's right. I do remember him sleeping oh, on the God. couch. That's yeah. right. I'd walk in. I'm like, oh, who is this person? <laughs> and it's not Sid. No, no, it wasn't me. He was wearing my clothes lots of the time, which was weird. But it was Mike Gunzelman. You, you were great. Well, now that we've cleared that up, I'm really glad. And and Sid, I adore you. And I bought, I love this book. You are almost like a like a psychic in the book because you predicted a lot of the things that are yeah. coming out right now, uh, especially with our woke culture. And you kind of, uh, you typically are, take no prisoners. Talk about um, some of the things you go after in the book that are, boy, really timely. I'm thinking of like Hollywood. I'm thinking of LeBron James. Yeah. Yeah, I touch on all these things. I mean, I guess, you know, calling Eric Adams Bill de Blasio 2.0, and I wrote this eight months ago, turned out to be right on the money. I can tell when he ran, before he beat Curtis, that this guy was doing everything he can to appease both sides. Really no conviction, none. 
And uh, I thought he'd be every bit as bad as Bill de Blasio, and he has been. He dresses nicer. He's on time for more events. But the truth is, statistically, the city is even in worse shape now than it was under Bill. And uh, he doesn't go up to Albany and really yell and scream. He comes back and he says, I tried, but, you know, Stuart Cousins and Heasty and Hochul wouldn't allow me to do this, allow me to do that. And the police are leaving in droves. For a guy that was a cop, you would think he can keep him, you know, here, but he can't because the truth is he wasn't a very good cop at 20-plus years. I think he had seven arrests in 22 years. So that was one of the things I did call in the book. I do talk about LeBron James and the woke sports culture, the Hollywood stuff, the woke entertainment culture, uh, the, 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 the governor race, uh, Biden, all those good things. And, of course, a uh, whole chapter devoted to Donald Trump and what I hope is the return of Donald Trump in 2024. So where do you see this whole woke culture going? Because obviously it's something you talk about every morning on your awesome show with Bernie, of course, Sid and Bernie. And it is the best show in the morning at, what, six years now. I remember when you joined WABC. Well, it it wasn't wasn't always mornings. I jumped in. Don't forget, when I got here, it was middays. And Imus was still alive and hosting mornings. And then about three years in, I miss retired. Then me and Bernie took over mornings. So it's been half middays, half mornings, but a successful run nevertheless. And thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, and you and Bernie, I mean, Bernie and Sid in the morning is must listen to at radio. I mean, every single morning. You guys have had it out um, verbally. You have it out often in the studio. My, I think about the famous bout you guys had, yes, which to yes. this day, how many people still stop you? To, you got to remind everybody oh, you, did, you guys did a boxing match for yeah, charity. We did. Uh, believe it or not, October is going to be 19 years since that famous morning at uh, Chelsea Piers in New York City when he and I duped it out. That day we raised $250,000 for IMAs for kids with cancer. It was a great cause. And look, talking about kids with cancer, I think folks who listen to the show know that Bernie's been very, very sick. In fact, he's uh, missing his third consecutive week this week. He's having a very tough go. It's been seven months of basically hell for Bernie and for me, mostly Bernie, of course. But, uh, yes, we've had some some great knockdown drag-out fights dating back to 2016 when he was a Trump supporter from day one. I voted for Hillary Clinton. Now I'm adult enough to admit that was a huge mistake, and Trump turned out to be a great president. She's never been great at anything, Hillary. Uh, So he was right, Bernie, but those were some real brawls back in 2016. What do you think makes the magic to be the number one morning talk show there in New York City for so many years, Sid? Well, I think it comes down to variety. I mean, I'm not doing anything in Bernie that other guys didn't do, right? But if you're going to copy somebody, Rita, then you got to copy the best. I had the opportunity to work on and off for almost 20 years with Don Imus. Bernie spent over three decades with Don Imus. I spent time with Howard Stern. I hosted one of his Howard TV specials, was a guest a bunch of times, and I still listen to Howard Stern every day. Heard two great interviews just last week with, um, with uh, what's his name, uh, David Spade, which was really, really good. Good. And uh, one of, I forget, point is, uh, I try to mimic guys that are great at what they do. So I took some, some of Don Imus. I took some of Howard Stern. I took some of Mike and the Mad Dog for the sports fans out there. And what we do was one big mosh. Again, we're not recreating the wheel. Radio's been around way too long. No one's going to do that. But if you sound like some of the guys that were all-time greats, odds are you're going to be an all-time great. And I think that's what me and Bernie do well, whether it's Stern or Imus or Bob Grant. You've got a little bit of all those guys in our show every morning. Yeah, you do. And it is. I love it. You know, I love both of you guys. I adore both of you guys. And I think the two of you guys together, there's that. It's, it's like 
you know, you're like sitting in on uh, two guys hanging out at the bar or sitting out at two guys at the diner or whatever. It's it's so natural. <laughs> well, he's and Irish. that's what makes it fun. He's Irish. For him, it's it's the bar. I'm Jewish, <laughs> so for me, it's a diner. <laughs> <laughs> See, we got both areas covered. That's not bad. <laughs> and by the way, there's a lot of material to cover in New York every single day between, you know, crime. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like now there's just a new case of this judge who lets out another career criminal. I mean, it's like endless material there. No, it is. And, and uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of traveling of these events with Lee Zeldin. I did a major event with Lee uh, just last week on Long Island. Kimberly Guilfoyle, Donald Trump Jr., Ray Kelly, a bunch of famous New York athletes like Lawrence Taylor. I'm doing another one with Lee this Sunday in Deal, New Jersey, with President Trump. And uh, Lee is the guy that can save this city, uh, state, I should say. Eric Adams is failing in the city. Kathy Hochul failing the state. Lee Zeldin is the guy we need desperately to win come November. But the beauty about this book is like the radio show. You know, uh, George came down this morning. He works alongside John Katsimatidis. And he said, I got to tell you, I love your show. And I said, why? He said, because it's not all politics. At any given time, I may start talking about the Mets. I may start talking about reality television. I may start talking about my wife, Danielle, or my kids. And that's what this book is about. I don't bore you with all the politics. I don't uh, stay on one political topic. Yes, there's plenty about Donald Trump, plenty about Joe Biden, Eric Adams, January 6th, BLM, all the things that ail us today and the things we like But there's a lot of good stuff in this book, like me and my dad. You know what? I wrote this book, and I know you could appreciate this because you and your father had a great relationship, and he was a a, a hero, your father. When I I came to the publisher about this book, I said, listen, my buddy Tim Ruster, the old uh, Meet the Press host, he wrote a book one day when his father died. It was called Big Ruster, and I loved it. And I said, By the way, and I loved him. Tim was the reason, uh, one of the reasons I went to NBC. I adore Tim Ruster. He was a great guy. We became friendly on the I Miss show, and I said, in that spirit... I want to write a book about my father. And the publisher said, listen, that's great. You've got great stories and how close you are. You miss your dad. They said, but you're Sid Rosenberg. We listen to you every day. You talk about this and that. You've got great opinions. Why would you limit the book to just you and your dad? Give us you and your dad, but give us everything else. Tom Brady, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Danielle, Ava. I said, well, let me ask you this. If I give you all that, how does the advance change? <laughs> and, then, and then he gave me a number, and I said, you got it all, baby. You got exactly what you want, and that is what Citizens United is all about. Again, akin to the radio show, not just one thing. You never know from one segment or in my book from one chapter what you're going to get. I love that, and that is for sure just about you, too, which is great. It's fun. It's got great energy. Uh, this is your second book, too, yeah. my friend. Yes. Um, And I love the message, by the way, in here, and I'm glad your publisher pushed you to do that because that is so cool, all the layers. Your dad also taught you some great lessons about perseverance, and there's a great story in there. Um, It's about the football, right, where you get knocked down, you get knocked down. Talk about your message for life because so many people listen to you guys in the morning. Of course, part of the Bernie and Sid morning team, the great Sid Rosenberg, my buddy. But you have a great message for anybody out there. Well, thank you for bringing That's my favorite part of the book. So thank you for bringing that up. And uh, you're right. The book is about resilience. It's about perseverance. Everybody knows my story. It's, um, it's everywhere. 
uh, issues with <laughs> drugs and alcohol and gambling. I've been fired a hundred times. I've been suspended a hundred times. I had to leave New York, go down to Miami. I had to leave Miami. Thank God they invited me back to New York. It's really been a uh, a rough run, and I'm accountable for all of it. I'm not blaming anybody else. I don't blame the drugs or the liquor. I blame me. Uh, but my father taught me at a very early age that no matter how hard you fall, you get back up. And the story in the book goes back to my Little League football days when my father was my coach and I was the running back. And he drew up a play where the quarterback would pitch the football to me and I would run the ball to the right side. And we ran the play the first time. I was on the Redskins were playing a team called the Steelers. And as soon as I caught the football, this kid on the Steelers, who may even mean Joe Green, he was that big at that age, he hit me so hard I started to cry. I was like 10 years old. I started to cry. So then uh, uh, the next series of downs, my dad goes back in the huddle. He goes, Jerry, you're going to pitch the football to Sydney. I said, Dad, we just ran that play. That kid almost killed me. I'm going to tell Mommy, stop it. He goes, you're going to run that play. And sure enough, we ran the play. And sure enough, once again, as soon as I caught the ball, that kid hit me so hard, I think I made it in my pants. I'm not even kidding. Later on, third quarter, we've run the same play twice. Both times ended in disastrous results. I lost yardage. I was knocked down, couldn't get up. My father goes, Jerry, you're going to pitch the ball to Sydney. I said, Dad, please, come on. He's going to kill me. You're going to run that play. He pitched me the football. I made one spin move, and I ran for a 60-yard touchdown. And I remember standing in the end zone, and the, my teammates were all over me, slapping me on the back, way to go. And I looked down. Uh, I got emotional, but I looked down at the sideline, and I saw my father wipe a tear from his eye. Like my son, he stuck with it. We ran the same play three times. The first two times ended in disastrous results. And the third time, he scored a touchdown. And that's been my life. A lot of disastrous results. But at this stage of the game, I scored a touchdown. Wow. Sid, you're getting me emotional because I love you. And your dad is so incredibly proud of you. He's looking at you and smiling from above, my oh, friend. Thank you. You know, thank you. smiling thank from you. above. Thank you. Uh, the great, great Sid Rosenberg of Bernie and Sid in the morning, every morning on 77 WABC, 6 to 10 a.m. And you have to get this incredible book, which is funny. And as you just heard, also full of heart. Citizens United, everybody get it on Amazon, wherever you can get it. You can pre-order it right now. And it is going to be a blockbuster. So proud of you. Thank you. And what a beautiful book and what a beautiful testament to your dad and I love your fighting spirit, my friend. Congrats. Well, thank you. Thank you for doing this for me. You're a big deal. Looked up to you for so many years in this profession. You really are one of the all-time greats. So thank you for having me on your show. It means a lot to me. I know you're national now all over the country. So I hope a lot of folks who don't listen to us every day in New York have a chance to hear this. A, to know how great you are. And B, to know this is a book they're going to enjoy. Because like we just talked about, it will invoke a lot of emotions. Anger, uh, frustration happiness, some sadness, too, which is basically our lives every day. That's Citizens United. I love you, Rita Cosby. Thank you so much. What an awesome book. And as you can tell, full of humor, full of heart, and just incredible, great, great stories from a broadcasting legend, Sid Rosenberg. And if you haven't listened to him, and I'm sure many of you have, make sure you check it out every morning on 77 WABC Radio. You can also listen to it, wabcradio.com, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And the book, again, everybody, is Citizens United. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everywhere, you guys. And it is an awesome 
awesome book, and it's great for you, great for a gift, and just so many amazing stories. Check it out, everybody, uh, from Sid Rosenberg. And when we come back, everybody, we are going to talk about President Trump. It looks like he is scoring a victory in court. It looks like now a judge is going to appoint an independent party, a special master, to look at the documents. And what a surprise. It turns out some of the documents taken in that very broad sweeping raid, guess what? They were attorney-client privilege. And we're going to trust the DOJ to say, oh, we didn't look at them. Right. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweet. Since when I saw you down on the And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show later on in the hour. We're going to talk about some of these outrageous comments coming from Democrats. You could hear it all over MSNBC, where they basically were saying, well, you know what? If you support migrants being bused from Texas to New York and D.C., you're racist. Are you kidding me? That, that to me, is the most outrageous, disgusting smear to say that if you think that everybody in Texas should be dealing with it, or Florida or Arizona, that they should be dealing with it. But gosh, if you criticize them coming to New York or D.C. or say, hey, this is a good message because it gives a big wake-up call, well then, according to a number of Democrats, you're racist. And that is outrageous. We're going to talk about that later on in the hour. Meantime, President Trump getting some big legal news, and it came over the weekend. There's going to be a hearing this Thursday, and the district judge, Eileen Cannon, who was nominated, by the way, by Trump during his time as president, now she says that absolutely there's a very good chance that she will appoint, quote, a special master, that's an independent party, to oversee judicial interactions with now President Trump and DOJ, and that an independent arbitrator can basically go in, look at the documents that were seized during the Mar-a-Lago raid and determine what should be kept, what should be looked at, what should be done. Uh, The problem is with all of this, uh, Andy McCarthy, former federal prosecutor, was saying that, well, the Trump team maybe should have come in a lot sooner because they've already gone through a lot of the documents. They have these things called taint teams. And what they are is they essentially are supposed to be independent individuals within DOJ. So you can take it with a grain of salt, given all the history that we've been talking about. And they are now going through what they found and saying, well, should this be looked at? Is this part of the investigation? If this isn't. And guess what? I agree with Andy McCarthy. They actually should have filed something earlier because, as we're learning, they've already apparently discovered some items that are, quote, attorney-client privilege. And you're telling me that you're going to trust the DOJ to say, okay, well, those items that are attorney-client privilege between who knows what, Rudy Giuliani and President Trump, um, you know, Alina Haba and President Trump, um, who knows, you know, any of the folks while he was there in the White House, uh, Pat Cipollone, as we've seen in January 6th guy, 
Uh, I mean, all of those guys, whatever was said privately between the president that are attorney-client privilege, well, those particular documents never should have even been looked at to begin with. They never should have been swept up in this raid. And now you're telling me that the DOJ's own, quote, taint team is not going to be tainted and that they're not going to look at it and go, well, you know what? Maybe uh, this is not good, but so-and-so, did you read that section of what that attorney said? I wouldn't put it past them. There is absolutely no way. And unfortunately, I think they should have come in on day one and asked for an independent arbitrator. I'm not sure why they waited so long, but maybe the damage sadly has been done. But I think the good news is that this judge now in Florida is saying that she intends to appoint a special master to review the documents and decide what DOJ should have access to, what should be returned immediately to President Trump. And the fact that they swept up all this stuff, including, by the way, remember, three passports of President Trump's, also apparently a raincoat, a presidential raincoat. I mean, all these different items, it just shows they were just like grabbing whatever they could get and they could kind of figure it out later. That's not the way a search warrant, especially of the former president of the United States, should be. And so to me, it is just outrageous and such an indication that they really were on a fishing expedition. Here is Guy Lewis. He's a former U.S. attorney. And this is what he says, supporting the idea that there should be a special master. There will be a hearing this Thursday uh, where the judge is going to hear information. The DOJ says, no, 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 we don't need a special master. We're fine. We have these completely independent taint teams that are within the DOJ. Trust us. Yeah, right. Take a listen. Here's Guy Lewis. In this case, because of the extraordinary circumstances, never happened before in the history of our republic. I think it makes sense to err on the side of more due process rather than less. The government, and and when I was with the government, I would have opposed it, uh, screaming and yelling all the way. But uh, in this case, I mean, look, this is the same government who went through when they had to turn over the affidavit. This is this is what they turned over. So, um, listen, let's get an independent, as David said, a neutral someone that's maybe an ex-federal judge or an ex-judge who can come in, listen to both sides and make some recommendations. Yeah. And I actually I totally agree with him. And he said there's no way that you can actually trust the DOJ after they did this sweeping raid and after some of the comments that we just talked about in the last hour, the fact that now there are a reported at least 20 whistleblowers within the FBI and also presumably some in DOJ as well, saying that there was definitely politics involved with suppressing the Hillary Clinton, Hunter Biden stuff, and very much elevating this with President Trump. Um, so take a listen. Here's a little bit more of Guy Lewis. I love the way he equates uh, the fact that you can't trust DOJ to do an independent investigation. What are you, nuts? I trust, generally trust the DOJ, but it, it is almost like the fox guarding the hen house. I mean, the people that are making the first cut, the review, are prosecutors. And they come in, listen, like it or not, they come in with a mindset and um, they're doing their best. Uh, But they're not thinking as defense lawyers. And Jim Trusty, who is a former federal prosecutor, he is now, by the way, on President Trump's legal team. He's working along with Christina Bob and Alina Haba and a couple others. 
And he says that there's no way that DOJ can be trusted to separate it. And unfortunately, they've had the last few weeks doing that, going through it. And you're telling me some underling or somebody at DOJ is going to go, hey, uh, guess what? It's like, you know, it's like uh, somebody in like a legal profession saying, oh, well, you know, my colleague over here, but I'm not going to wink, wink, nod, nod and say, hey, take a look at this one. Or maybe you should go in this direction based on this letter that I have from Rudy Giuliani to President Trump. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Anyway, here's Jim Trusty. I mean, I've seen an awful lot of behavior by this attorney general that's concerning to me. He has no belief in federalism. He's doubling up on civil rights cases left and right for the chasing of the headline. He's targeting parents who have the temerity to challenge CRT in Virginia. Uh, And this is kind of par for the course. It's a very politicized Department of Justice. I'm sorry to say I've been around it, you know, my entire professional life. I don't take any pleasure saying these things. But somehow someone needs to stand up and do the right thing in DOJ and recognize uh, that this is a, a fool's errand, that they should not have been pursuing this, mm. that it's political in nature, it's not criminal, and uh, somebody needs to step up. And if DOJ is not going to do it, we're going to do our best to get a judge to do it. One thousand percent. And the judge over the weekend, this Judge Eileen Cannon, a district judge there in Florida, said she is, quote, inclined to appoint a special master. There's going to be a hearing taking place this Thursday, uh, allowing all sides to kind of put in their response And she very much could make a decision there on the spot or wait a few days and make a decision. But she says that she is pretty much inclined to allow it to go forward. So what happens? Do all the documents then get shifted to the special master? And how do you undo whatever they have already seen that maybe they should not have seen? But to me, it just shows, again, that they went on one big sweeping search. And you know what's outrageous? NBC News. Listen to Ryan Riley, uh, a legal reporter there, because... When it came down that Trump was looking for this independent party, I mean, this is how like Trump derangement syndrome so many of these members of the media have. And I'm embarrassed when I sometimes see this because you got to be fair to everybody. And when I see this on NBC, they basically said, how dare Trump try to ask for an independent party that this is just uh, basically a reason to stall, stall, stall. Like he has no right to basically ask for an independent party. He should 1,000% trust DOJ. Listen to this guy, Ryan Riley, legal reporter for NBC News. So I think, you know, ahead of these hearings, we should essentially be looking at what the uh, what Trump is going to try to do is expand his argument about what exactly should be this you know, either privilege review team or the special master. Essentially, they're going to state that, you know, this is something that executive privilege applies to a lot of these documents, even though that's something that is really in President Biden's hands rather than essentially in the former president's hands. That's not his sort of executive privilege anymore. That's basically up to Biden, who has waived that in a lot of these cases. I think they're going to use this special master essentially to create a wedge and create a delay in a lot of these proceedings. It's essentially, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what they can do to sort of put this process and get this off track from this ongoing investigation. That is so outrageous. Like he has no right to ask for an independent party. He's supposed to have, you know, what, a lynch mob? Uh, Clearly somebody with a one-sided opinion and that's it. You know, like, all right, you know, yeah, you got to have it. You're going to trust DOJ after they went in and raided his home at six in the morning, 30 agents sent from DOJ and you're supposed to trust like, okay, you know, go in 
and we're supposed to just say, yeah, they're going to really separate attorney-client privilege. They're going to really separate documents that they shouldn't look at. They're going to really not pass over information. If anything, this, again, verifies to me that they really just were going to see whatever they can get and try to discover whatever they can get and to try to use it for a whole bunch of different investigations. I don't believe this was ever about National Archives. The more I hear about this, I believe this was about January 6th. It's about anything he could find, and let's go in and get it. And now we're learning again that all of these different whistleblowers are basically saying they were downplaying Hunter Biden and doing everything they can to elevate going after President Trump. Shame on those agents that are so tainted and they should not be allowed to be looking at that information, especially when you've got a former president of the United States. Given this history, regardless, I would say it has to be an independent party's hands, regardless, just for the sake of history and the sake of fairness. Let's go to Ben on line seven. Ben, your thoughts about this. Hey, Ben, are you there? Ben, call back. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, oh, great. Yeah, we got no, you I'm there, here, Ben. Yep. Yeah, hey, Ben. Down, mute my phone. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was just um, a uh, great show, and, uh, yeah, I love it listening to you since uh, you came on. And, uh, yeah, I was just thinking that um, the reason why we haven't heard anything from the director of the FBI, was it named Christopher Ray? Yep, it? Christopher Ray. yep. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's working on his resignation speech. Because, you ah. know, how's the saying go? How's the saying go? The fruit doesn't fall far from the tree, or something like that. Yes. No. Now, why so, do you th- yeah, why so. do you think he's going to resign? You know, I I I actually I rarely call for somebody to be you know removed or or resign on their own or whatever the terms you want to say. But I think in this case, Ben, it's outrageous. There were so many things that they just didn't even want to look into it. Like why why should it take? the guts of 20-plus whistleblowers to come forward and Mark Zuckerberg and all these people talking about the politics that were going on there, um, essentially. Why why should it take that? Um, the fact that he didn't even care to look into it and some of these others like Peter Strzok, who clearly fabricated the Russia hoax, other people that were involved in it stayed. And, he, you know, Ray never cleared house. You know, that's what a good boss does is you get rid of the bad apples and you bring in the good ones. Right, Ben? That's right. And he didn't do it. And uh, so, yeah, he's, he's tainted. His, uh, how do you let such high up people close to you get so bad? Yeah, exactly. So. And not even pull them in and go, hey, wait a minute. You know, uh, if this is true, one of, you know, you or everybody in this room who had anything to do with it will be fired. None of them really felt that way. You know, I mean, you could just see it. They just felt emboldened to keep going because nobody was holding them accountable. Ben, thank you very much. Let's go to BJ. Uh, Line eight. Go ahead, BJ. Your thoughts. Rita, excellent show. All past his prologue. Um, In 1976, Ronald Reagan said that uh, if uh, fascism returned to the world, it would come in the form of liberalism. Uh, We're seeing that in many, many, many forms today. We have a governor that says, you don't like it here, go to Florida. We have a mayor that turns around and tells another governor he's un-American for for busing people out of the state. We have a witch hunt, another witch hunt. I thought we were done uh, uh, with the witch hunts. I thought the uh, January 6th show trial was uh, all they had left in their quiver, but apparently they decided to have a panty raid at Mar-a-Lago violate the Constitution, 
uh, go through. Uh, they don't know what a chief executive is. They don't know what the order to show cause is. And um, you do have Trump supporters being labeled fascist. Right. I was just about to say that. Isn't that outrageous? When I heard Biden saying that, BJ, um, to me, I found that unbelievably offensive uh, that the philosophy is, quote, semi-fascist. And he said that they promote uh, violence, hatred, division. And this is the president who said, you know, oh, I'm going to be the unifier in chief. And he was the one who was criticizing Trump's tweets. What I just heard from the current president, I think was worse than any mean tweet I remember from President Trump. What about you, BJ? Oh, it is a horrible, horrible. I never thought I'd hear that out of a, a but, but it's free reign. Anything goes. It even seeps into the masses. You have an individual. I'm not going to say his name anymore. I hope he, he he's uh, from a certain part of Queens. And you had to beat him back the other night because he started in with this uh, all Trump supporters are fascist song. Apparently he heard it and he tried to sing it to you and you didn't like what you were hearing. Uh, yeah, so I, I told rhetoric. I told him I told him it was a bad song. <laughs> yes, you did. It was uh, didn't make the top forty charts. Thank God for you. Good for you, Rita. You know uh, totalitarianism when you see it, and you beat it back with a stick. So good for you. We cannot tolerate this in the body politic. Demonizing people for their point of view. You don't have to agree, but if you're going to name call and disrespect people, then you're going to have chaos and absence of the rule of law. Do you remember when the Trump supporters used to get? beaten up, the old men that would wear the Make America Great Again hats. Yes, yes, yes. assaulted and beaten. Nothing happened to those folks uh, that did the beating. Nothing, no. Well, exactly. And that's the one thing I always bring up, BJ, too. And I'm I'm glad you're hitting that point because I think about also, you know, even even law enforcement. Think about like, and I call it the quote, summer of love, because it really obviously there was no love. (laughs) But it was when all the protests happened in 2020. Um, the cops were getting beaten. The cops, the police stations were burning down to the ground. Um, so many problems. And yet they don't want to ever talk about that violence. That's why I find it like unbelievable, the utter hypocrisy that they're saying, well, the Trump you know, supporters are violent, semi-fascist, and they won't even look in the mirror. And to me, it's just it, it is so outrageous. And I agree with you. The name calling uh, has to stop. And it's terrible. If you've got a president who's creating division like that, he's not just insulting Trump. He's insulting 74 million plus people who voted for Trump. That is outrageous. We're going to continue with your calls. one 800 848 You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And it looks like possibly as early as this week, an independent party, uh, it's normally a judge or a retired judge, could be appointed to look through the documents. And it sounds like they got a lot in that FBI raid. What a surprise. Uh, To me, this could be a very significant violation of President Trump's Fourth Amendment rights. Because that is to illegal search and seizure. You can't just say, hey, I want to go into somebody's home and I'm just going to look in every single room and grab everything and then figure out later what could be a crime and what couldn't be a crime. That's not how things work. And right now, it looks a lot like that. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry, line eight. Larry, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. You know, before you were kicking around the word great with Sid, but if you really want to know who apply, who the word applies to, 
listen to Rudy Giuliani, okay? He explained everything to me today. You listen to the podcast, and, you, and believe me, you learn a lot. A I, I, no, absolutely, and Rudy's great with this stuff. Uh, what are your thoughts? I agree with you. Go ahead. Okay, he t- he taught. He got, I got a whole political science lesson in one question. I said to him, why, why did Dershowitz say don't criticize the judge? He was explaining that in the times of the British, there's something called the Bill of Attainder, which I believe the Fourth Amendment says no bills of attainder shall issue. It's, it has to do with general warrants that the British used to do. Yes. To go into someone's house and they could find anything they want. Which is and what it could be here. Right. This is what it is. And, and I want to tell you, something, when you t- I'm putting the pieces together. When you're talking about they could have seen the doc, this, they could have seen the attorney, a breach attorney. And also he was yelling about breaching attorney client privilege. Well, guess what? He always has his fingers on the truth. But he, he's a little bit naive. He doesn't think people are as evil as they are. But I go that one step further. And he pushed me to realize something when you're discussing that. He, they were looking to breach attorney client privilege because they want to get secrets on, 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 on Donald Trump. So that he's afraid to run because if he if he wins the office of the presidency again and he tries to clean house and and clean up the swamp and fight the all the FBI agents. That's, no, no, no. Have- That's an sorry, Larry. We just have a quick break, a hard out. But I hear what you're saying. That is really explosive. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great veterans and their families, California's Central Coast veterans took to the skies last weekend in a C-47 aircraft that was used in World War II. Betsy's Biscuit Bomber operated during World War II and was back in action for another special assignment for 17 local military veterans there. Honor Flight wasn't able to fly back because of COVID to Washington, D.C., so the organizers of the Estrella Warbird Museum said they thought that it would be really cool to do something for the local veterans, something special, and that's exactly what they did, gifting them with a special hour-long flight over Morro Rock and beautiful Hearst Castle along California's central coast. And the veterans, the World War II veterans, said they thought it was amazing, and it brought tears to their eyes. It was a flight on a very unique aircraft, which was built in 1943, missing on D-Day, but missing D-Day, rather, but just by a few months. Betsy's Biscuit Bomber did a lot of major drops in World War II over France and in Germany, so she's got quite a historic war record. By the way, uh, Honor Flight Central Coast is going to take some of these veterans to Washington, D.C. still later this year. But how beautiful that they got to take a flight on a piece of history, Betsy's Biscuit Bomber, over the weekend. Very, very cool. I love those old air shows, too, where you get to see those great old aircraft. It's just so neat. And especially to see World War II veterans who know what that plane means and to see the tears in their eyes. I bet it was just an incredible, incredible moment. Well, we are talking, of course, about President Trump, who is now saying he wants a do-over in the election uh, because he says it is clear that the Hunter Biden story was suppressed. New polls are showing people might have voted differently. And also people are saying, guess what? 
Uh, maybe there is a good justification for an independent person, an independent party, maybe a former judge, to look at the documents that were taken in that big old broad swath that we were just talking about in the raid of Mar-a-Lago. And again, you're not supposed to just do a search warrant to say, hey, let's see what we can find. It's supposed to have very specific things to say. We're going to look for a crime, and it's supposed to be in these two rooms, and it's supposed to be here, here, and here, as opposed to now we're finding lots of these even attorney-client privilege documents, which they are never supposed to see. Uh, should be received. And you just heard from our caller. I thought that was such a fascinating call right before the break. Larry was saying from Brooklyn, um, and I think Larry made a really powerful point from his conversation with Rudy Giuliani earlier today. Larry was saying that essentially maybe the DOJ took those documents so they have something to hold over President Trump. So at some point they could say, hey, guess what? We read these papers, wink, wink, nod, nod. We're not going to make it public now, but we know that you and so-and-so, you and this attorney, uh, discussed blank, 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 even though we can never use it, but we got it. So maybe you just want to keep your mouth shut about blank and blank. Wow. Talk about getting into uh, getting into tough territory, guys. one 800 848 Let's go to Nick, uh, line seven. Nick, your thoughts about all this? Hey, Rita, how you doing? I love your show. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I just wanted to say that it's unbelievable to me that people are buying what they see on the on the, the big news media about Trump. It's like there's two realities in this world right now. It's unbelievable. I can't believe it. Uh, even close friends of mine that I've had reasonable political conversations with man to man truly, truly believe and are brainwashed by, like, what they're seeing and, and hearing on, on TV. I can't believe it. I don't understand it. Well, you know, you bring up a great point because you're right. It's like two sort of separate worlds. Um, it really is. You know, it really and, is. It's amazing. And, by the way, Bill Maher, uh, the comedian who's not exactly like a right-winger by any means, he's, you know, more of a libertarian guy, he had on Rob Reiner, you know, Meathead on All in the Family. And Meathead is very, very ultra-liberal. And in this exchange, Nick, it was wild because he said to him, like, you know, hey, did you hear about the suppression of, you know, of the Hunter Biden story with Mark Zuckerberg? And Meathead um, genuinely said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know if that's true or not. And he goes, uh, no, they suppressed it. And he's like, the only thing you're looking at is MSNBC. And if you just sit there and you look at, like, one channel, it's like you're in an alternate universe. You know, it's like they're blocking out. They're almost doing the same thing that, you know, apparently Facebook was doing and Twitter was doing with the Hunter Biden story. Like, they're not mentioning it. I mean, isn't that astounding, Nick? It's unbelievable to me. I cannot believe that people cannot see what's going on. I mean, it's really sad. It's just sad. It's it's dividing us as a country. And we really, we really, it's, it's, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I, it's, I'm scared for our country at this point because it shows you how powerful this corrupt side of the government really is. I, I believe that Donald Trump is out for the best of our country. I really do. And I feel like they are after him for everything that they can, they can get for, out of the guy. And I fear for our country because it's really dividing us, friends, families, people across the, this country. I'm seeing it every day. It's so sad. And you know what, you know, Nick? I just, Nick, I never imagined that I would see where also like the media 
or law enforcement would be playing a role, too. I mean, it's like to me, um, and I've talked about this before, my father's Polish and my father fought the communists and the Nazis at the same time. And, you know, like what they did there was they toppled the statues of war heroes, of the freedom fighters, people like my dad who fought for freedom for Poland. And they wouldn't let them read the books and they wouldn't let them do um, they like, you know, it was like isolating what you would read in the media or what you would see publicly. And I never thought I would sort of see that in America. You know, to me, you know, it's so un-American. And to me, it reminds me of of the worst of some of these other authoritarian regimes out there in the world that we definitely don't want to be like. Um, it's crazy, but that's why you've got to like listen to everybody, and most importantly, listen to this show because we'll tell you whatever it is, whatever the truth is. That's what we're going to tell you, no matter what side it falls on. But that's the best way to be is be informed. Nick, thank you. You're awesome. Thanks so much. Let's go to John, um, line five. John, your thoughts? Yes, Rita. Thank you for taking my call. First, I want uh, you to um, understand that I listened to uh, Bernie and Sid. In the morning. Oh, great. I, I, I believe I like them, what they're doing and saying. They're right on 100%. Bernie will be coming back yes. uh, in God's time because it's all in the hands of God, all of us. Absolutely. And God is the only one that can guarantee our health and uh, long life. So with that said, which comes from my heart to Bernie and Sid and you also, you're doing a good uh, service for all of us to know the truth of what's happening in our country. Thank you, John. Thank you so very much. I greatly appreciate it. You are such a sweetheart and, um, and your thoughts and prayers are so beautiful. John, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Valeria in Florida. Valeria, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. I've got three points. I'm the I'm the former trial attorney that you that you and I have spoken before. Yes, I remember. Go ahead. What are your thoughts about uh, the oh, fact nice, with nice Trump with the beautiful... wanting the independent party now? Yes, nice to hear your beautiful voice. Number one, thank you. Yours this too. Is turning out to be thank you. This is turning out to be a fruit of the poisonous tree case. Number two, as a former trial attorney. When you're these these lawyers, I've been watching the lawyers that are that are the, basically the official lawyers on this case. As you all know, they're not Jay Sekulow, uh, Mark Levin, the caliber like the, that type of caliber, the Alan Dershowitz caliber. They've not had a they've not had any experience in this a type of presidential constitutional matter, criminal matter. They need to spend money and hire experts trial attorney experts that are going to guide them because they can go from heroes to zeros within seconds if they don't lay this out right. My third point is this. I love President Trump. I worked on both of his campaigns in a very low fashion, but I still did the work. He needs to tone it down. He needs to tone it down because the FBI informants that I asked you about when we were talking about informants when they first came out. Yep, I, I remember. Said, I hear, right. I said, I want to hear from the informant that can talk about the dirty details of this raid. Lay low, Trump, President Trump. Don't shoot your mouth off the way you usually do. This is not a street fight. Let the attorneys handle this. Let the facts, let the informant, the informant can turn this whole thing around. If there is an informant that saw 
the way this raid went down in an illegal fashion and is, is willing to put his life on the line for this country to say, not only did we suppress the Hunter Biden, okay, but we also did this raid X, Y, and Z wrong. These details. And I know you've got a lot of callers. No, but do you know what? You bring up you bring up some superb points because that's why, you know, Valeria, it's amazing um, as I'm talking to you. And I remember your calls are so great um, because of your background. And you're right. It's turning into this fruit of the poisonous tree where you're right. Like what else was grabbed during a bad raid? Then everything could potentially get thrown out. And when you and I were first talking, it was like, oh, there's a few informants. Now we're hearing there's as many as 20, if not more. So the number certainly seems growing. And then the big news that we started with at the beginning of the show, where it looks like this one guy who was the special agent in charge, along with a couple others, were, quote, walked out of the field office uh, in the last day or so. Uh, The FBI assistant special agent in charge, he was part of the Russia hoax. He was part of the raid. Um, So it sounds like maybe there's a little cleaning house happening. So maybe there's some good news happening Exactly. Just kind of let it play out um, is really, really smart advice. Valeria, thank you very, very much. Great call. And by the way, everybody, one of the other things, speaking of like the name calling and some of the things that are going on, a couple more buses today came into New York City. Three more buses came into New York City, bringing the total of migrants brought from Texas to New York City to 1,800, 7,400 so far to D.C. And now New York City is trying to figure out, well, where do they put them up? Um, Because they're overflowing in the hotels. Um, There was a big bust of fentanyl also over the weekend. They're looking at even like considering summer camps to house homeless migrants because they just don't know where they're going to put so many people right now that are coming through. It's just overflowing and so many different capacities. They're looking at spending $6.75 million on asylum claims in New York City. Uh, but guess what? They're not pointing the finger at President Biden. Oh, no. Oh, no. Democrats are now pointing the finger at those who are supporting the busing and think the busing to New York City is a good idea to send a message to people in New York and to send a message to people in In D.C., especially the liberal mayors who have been saying, oh, we're sanctuary cities. But then when they come up, they don't like it. And I could not believe I heard this over the weekend. Take a listen. This is Christina Greer, and she is an associate professor of political science at Fordham University. And she argued that the people in Arizona and Texas who support sending illegal migrants to New York City are racist. I couldn't believe this. Take a listen on MSNBC. But we know that, you know, racists don't mind paying this money. We saw this with, you know, our parents and grandparents' generations when schools were, you know, forced to integrate and they refused. So they would ship, you know, African-Americans to other states to attend college because they didn't want to integrate schools in, say, South Carolina or Virginia or Georgia. So racists, you know, are, are willing to pay the money and they don't care if taxpayers pay the brunt. I think what's so disgusting about this is that, you know, these are people's lives. Just as Maria said, we have men, women and children on a bus for days on end, not knowing where they're going and there is no coordination and we know that the governors of these states are only doing this to perform uh an act just to try and appease their particular bases uh, even though they're costing their own taxpayers money 
unbelievable saying that they are racist because they are busing migrants to other cities outside of Texas and Arizona. That is outrageous. Here's a little bit more from what she had to say of people are forgetting their history. The vast majority of Americans are are descendants of people who came from countries like Italy and Ireland and Germany and Poland who were treated the same, you know, in similar ways, but they've forgotten that history. And that's the part and the problem of America in that we're so ahistoric when it comes to how we treat immigrants and how we think about uh, this nation of immigrants in the Statue of Liberty and so many other places that are supposed to be welcoming. Unbelievable. Well, this is Todd Pyro on Fox News saying he can't believe the name calling. How is it racist to take sanctuary cities up on their offer Mm. to be sanctuary cities? And was it racist when, oh, I don't know, Joe Biden flew people from the border to Westchester? Westchester, as you all know, is like 20 minutes away. It's not that far away. What's the difference? I don't see the difference. Right. So sneaking them in the middle of the night. Uh, that's okay. But if you bring them in broad daylight and you bring them to New York and you tell them you're going to bring them and you continue doing it and you're sending it to a city like New York, which is a sanctuary city, like D.C., which is also a sanctuary city, and then the liberal mayors complain about it, well, then you're a racist. To me, this is unbelievable. And take a listen to this exchange also. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre. She is the press secretary for the White House, for President Biden. And this, to me, is an unbelievable exchange because uh, Peter Ducey, the White House correspondent for Fox News today, was questioning her and saying, you know what, How there's such a different standard because the migrants are not getting checked. They're not getting checked for vaccination, and yet you're still enforcing vax mandates in some of the schools. Um, You know, you're not checking for criminal records all the time. You're not doing all this. And she contended basically that the border is secure. Listen to this. Just like talk about living in la-la land. This is Peter Ducey of Fox News questioning today Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary. And you're just going to your jaw is going to drop protocols, I'd refer you to them. They have specific protocols as well. But so they're two different things. They're two different things. But So are, how is it two different things? Somebody unvaccinated comes over on a plane. You say that's not okay. Somebody walks into Texas or Arizona unvaccinated. They're allowed to stay. But, Why? But that's not how it works. Like we actually, no. Well, I know that that's not what you guys want to happen, but that is what, what is happening. But that's not, it's not like somebody walks over and... <laughs> That's not that's, that's not exactly how exactly what's happening. We well, thousands of people are walking in a day. Some of them turn themselves over, some of them are caught. Tens of thousands a week are not. That is what is happening. So let me just lay out what we have done under this administration. We have installed new border technology and set up joint protocols with Mexico and Guatemala to catch more human traffickers. We have already made over 3,000 arrests in the first three months of launching an unprecedented anti-smuggling campaign with regional partners. We've secured record levels of funding for the Department of Homeland Security. I want to know what she's on, because that's good stuff. Oh, they don't just walk across the border. You see the pictures. I mean, my goodness, what more do you want? Well, when we come back, I'm going to take your calls. They are in another planet. She said, oh, they don't just walk across the border. Yeah, you know what? They don't walk. They they run because it's like, come on in. Keep coming. Keep coming.
And the fact that if you criticize them and say, gosh, you shouldn't be bussing them, that it reminds them of racism and segregation, that is just disgusting because you're not supposed to complain about an open border and the threats that an open border causes to our country. The president's number one responsibility is protecting our border. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. Make sure that you join my Tunnels to Towers team. We are raising money. I'm going to be uh, part of the Tunnels to Towers 5K Walk Run New York City again this year. It's Sunday, September 25th. I need your help um, because we want to help as many people as we can through this great organization, the Tunnels to Towers. Uh, All you have to do is support the team. All the proceeds go to the great Tunnels to Towers organization. Go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com, walk.ritacosbyonline.com. Donate to my team. I'm hoping to raise the most money here on the Red Apple Audio Network. And again, it goes towards supporting America's heroes uh, with one of the biggest walk runs in New York City, really around the country. And what a great, great organization uh, set up by the Siller family, honoring FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller. Uh, let's go to Norm, line seven. Norm, your thoughts about the fact that Democrats are calling people who are busing uh, migrants to New York and D.C. and elsewhere racist. It's an outrageous claim. I agree. We conservatives are not racist because we oppose an, abor- an open border. I charge those who want unregulated incursion of our homeland borders are cowards because they do not want to tackle law and order, whether it's in our country or the drug cartel controlled juntas that are controlling these migrants countries, which are causing these people to flee. Yeah, no, you're right. I I mean, and and the fact I also think, Norm, you know, how um, considerate is it uh, that right now with this you know, it, it's an it's an industry. That's the only word I can almost think of the way the cartels are operating down there at the borders. And I've seen those cartels in operation. I've spent time down in Mexico and spent time on the border. I've been in a Mexican prison for work. And it's one of those it's one of the scariest places. They were literally making cocaine in front of me. I mean, when the guards are just kind of hanging out and watching. Um, and so that's the kind of world. And right now, the cartels are having a free for all and they are making so much money on drugs and human smuggling and often, you know, abusing the women, um, uh, killing people along the way. I mean, this is inhumane. It's it's insanity. And yet these liberal politicians and liberal commentators like that woman on MSNBC are blasting people because they care about security at our border and want the best for those people and also want the best for America. I mean, that there is something so wrong with this situation, Norm. I agree with you. Thank you very much. Let's go to Carol, uh, line five. Carol, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go oh, ahead. Oh, hi, Rita. How, How are, are you, me? Carol? I knew you'd put a big smile on my face and everybody else's face. Uh, you know, I was in the hospital for almost two months. Oh, my good. Well, Carol, we just have a few seconds. But most importantly, I'm glad that you're better and I'm glad you're back calling. That's wonderful. 
Yeah, I fractured my kneecap. I could barely walk. And I had to have surgery and everything, but I'm fine now. Well, Carol, I am I am glad that you're back and that you sound like you're better and stronger than ever. And I hope you continue calling in every night, Carol. How beautiful to hear your voice. And everybody, I'll talk to you tomorrow.